Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. I'm so glad you joined us today, and I'm so glad from sunny Southern California, we have Julie Winkle Giuliani. I think I said that right. Julie, how'd I do? You did darn well, Vic. Thank you. <laughs> well, I always get tough. You know, a guy with a last name of Versero and 10 vowels, you know, it's a lot of work. But Julie, I'm so glad you're here. You are an author and a consultant and a speaker and a friend of one of ours, which is Karen Hurt. We're so glad she got us together and so glad we could get connected. Oh, me too, Vic. Thank you. I've really been looking forward to our conversation. Well, it hasn't been easy because a busy person like you has a little <laughs> bit of challenges on your calendar. And so we've been waiting a little bit of time to get together. But that's been a really big blessing for me because you sent me one of your books, which is Promotions Are So Yesterday. And I can't wait to talk about that book and unpack it all. But let's first of all get to know you a little bit better. So tell me, where'd you grow up? What's your background? Well, first, thanks for your patience and waiting for me. I hope that it's worth the wait. <laughs> I'm sure it will be. <laughs> I was born here in Southern California. I'm one of those rare Southern California natives. Grew up in South Pasadena and didn't ever get too far away. And when our first child was born, our son, and it became time for him to start school, I looked around and I just couldn't imagine any place to raise him other than where I had been raised. So my husband graciously allowed us to move back to South Pasadena. And my kids went through the same schools that I went through. In some cases, they had the same teachers, which was a little scary. And that's where we live today with our daughter is still with us and our geriatric pooch. Oh, that's awesome. Well, lucky you to live in such a beautiful state and be a part of that. And of course, there's so many good things that happen out there in California, especially when it comes to that Southern California weather. So I just love where you're at. Well, tell me, as I think about getting you started into this conversation, what did you know that being a part of the whole leadership conversation and this whole consulting thing was something that you really felt strongly about doing and helping others? Oh, that's a great question, Vic. You know, I think probably when I made a conscious decision to really dedicate my career to leadership development, I was 30 years old. So I know that for sure. And then it was about 22 years ago that I went out on my own, traded the illusion of security for the illusion of freedom. And <laughs> yeah put my own shingle up and have been consulting and writing, speaking, researching, all of that work ever since. So it's been the lion's share of my life that I've been working in this space. And yet when I look back on it, you know, there's so much before that point that laid the foundation to get me to this point. Well, and you know, one of the things we always talk about on this show is that it's those moments in time or moments in our path that all of a sudden it's kind of a why that we come to in the road and also which way do we go? What decisions go into that? So in your world, was there a moment when you're like, I've had enough, I need to go on my own or an ultimate event or were there a person that really inspired you? See, all of the above. Ah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> that, you're bringing out your educational background there with C. <laughs> Right. That's true. I do come out of education. It was an episode that illuminated a whole bunch of information that had been sort of under the radar screen for me. So what I found when I turned 30, I was employed by a company and I had my first just average boss. Mm. And it wasn't until that moment that I realized how fortunate I had been for those 15 years prior when I was just fat, dumb, happy, lapping up the goodness 
of these amazing managers and supervisors who were just phenomenal and natural developers of people. I didn't know what I didn't know. Hmm. And what I did know was I loved work. I could not wait to get to work. When I had a choice <laughs> between studying for school and going to work, it was work that was calling to me. Wow. And I couldn't understand. I had so many friends who were unhappy. They'd complain about their bosses and the work that they were doing. And for me, it was joyful because I stumbled upon one leader after another who had this deep and abiding commitment to developing the people for whom they were responsible. And so I took for granted what it looked like to reach a level of confidence and be able to go to one's boss and say, you know, I feel like I got this. I'm ready for what's next. I took for granted the ability to go and ask for what I wanted in terms of, you know, I had sort of gotten a certain dimension of the job under my belt and I wanted to take on some special projects. I had no hesitation. I knew that that kind of a question and request was going to be welcome. I took for granted having someone who was my safety net, who when I stretched a little too far and started to falter, was there to grab me and not let you know too much fall through the cracks. Took all of that for granted during this period of time, just assuming that's how things operated. And it wasn't until I had the experience of contrast with that first boss who just normal. Yeah, I want to say bad. I mean, it was horrible by contrast, but <laughs> probably just a normal boss who just was more concerned about my production than, you know, my personal joy and the growth that I was enjoying. I just think you bring up such a great point and such a valuable point because we can learn so much from the bad bosses that we've had. We've all had them, I think. And I think that the issue is, is that when we do get a good boss, a collaborative boss, one that's interested in us and helping us grow, those kind of things are just treasures and something to really be valued. And I have to tell you, this is going to be a fun conversation, Julie. I'm so glad you joined us here on the Leadership Lowdown. So glad you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versero. We'll be right back. Managing your office supplies is key to a seamlessly functioning business. With over 90,000 items available for free next day delivery and no minimum order, DBI can solve all your office supply needs from pencils to coffee at the very best value. Call DBI and ask a sales representative to show you their product offerings or visit dbiyes.com and request a product catalog. DBI does all things office, office supplies, furniture, and environments. Welcome back to Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm with Julie Winkle Giuliani, and I'm so grateful she's with us today. All the way from sunny California, three-hour time difference. We got her out of bed. It's early. Oh, my goodness. I'm just so glad she's with us. And, of course, so glad she's taking some time. And maybe you're on your deck outside enjoying the weather. I don't know, but I hope you are. But, you know, Julie, one of the things we talked about in the last segment was some of the things and lessons you've learned. And you're a very successful author in some of these books that help us guide our path 
in terms of careers and different development. And I'm just curious, at what point in time did you feel like, you know what, I've got a lot to say. I need to get this written down in in book form so I can help others. When did that happen? Oh, that's great. You know, it's funny pathway that I followed to writing these couple of books. And in fact, when I was invited to co-author my first book, I thought, well, I'm not an author. I can't write. (laughs) And I had forgotten that the previous 20 years I'd been developing training programs for managers and leaders around how to excel in that role and really develop people. And I didn't make the connection that that was actually writing until I sat down with my co-author, Beverly Kay, who was kind enough to invite me on the journey for my first book, Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go, and realized that the years that I had enjoyed with those early managers who just exemplified development and then subsequently training managers in this space had laid a really great foundation, a good repository of perspectives for being able to put down on the page some strategies that would help managers and leaders engage in more and more effective and more authentic sorts of development conversations. So that was the first book, Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go, that came out, I can't believe it, 10 years ago. We did a second edition in 2019. And then my latest book is almost a sequel, which I hate to say because we know sequels don't do so well. In the oh, I, well, I don't know. I would submit <laughs> Top Gun as a good example of that. So Fair enough. Fair Go get him, Julie. You can do this. (laughs) (laughs) Just call me Maverick. Yeah, there you go. Uh, You got it. So my Top Gun Part 2 promotions are so yesterday came out in March, and it really does sort of complete the picture in terms of now that a manager knows how to have these conversations, here's some really good content to feed those conversations in ways that'll be interesting for folks. Hmm. I don't want to go past this too quickly because Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go is a brilliant title. And again, I believe the premise of that book is your role as a manager, as a leader, is to try to help others around you succeed and their success builds on their loyalty to you as well as the organization and also gives you greater horsepower, if I can say that, of the people that are around you to make some amazing things happen as a team. Is that kind of what that premise of that book? I love that. You're better than Get Abstract. Oh. <laughs> you can just net it right out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when a leader is committed to the development of those around them, they benefit from the additional activated potential and the additional contribution and capacity that people have. But we also know, and you know, golly, the last year or so has brought a really clear focus. There is a clear connection between career development and retention. So much of the great resignation, reevaluation, reshuffle, whatever we want to call it, has boiled down to people enjoying the growth and development that they want to need and looking elsewhere for that. Yeah, you know, what's frustrating is that I think most managers, and part of what we always talked about in management, is that great managers, great leaders, great people in those leadership roles get the job done through others. And the best way to do that is to build those other people, help them feel satisfied, understand deeply what's on their mind and what's in their heart in terms of things that motivate them. And then the success of everything, it's like all boats are lifted. And it's just exciting to see that. So as we don't have a lot of time in this segment to launch this, but give me the sequel concept. And then we're going to talk about in our next segment of 
promotions or so yesterday. What caused the impetus for that to be started? It's really clear to me that careers have changed and our expectations of work and the relationship we're going to have with work is changing. And the workplace is changing. What's available is different today than it was in the past. But career development remains stuck in a model that applied and worked you know, 50 years ago. Every other dimension of the human resources experience has advanced, but career development is really stuck in the past. So it's time to update career development and offer a different perspective and a new way of approaching it. And that's the focus of promotions or so yesterday. Well, that's exciting. I can't wait to get into that in our next segment. Julie, I'm just so glad you're here with us on the Leadership Lowdown. So glad you tuned into the Michigan Business Network. We're going to go pay some bills and come right back. rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. This is the Michigan Business Network. Welcome back to the Leadership Lowdown with Julie Winkle Giuliani. And I can tell you she's an author consultant with a great deal to say and a lot of great advice for us as we unpack career opportunities and where we want to go. And in this book, I think we got the premise, kind of the headline speech on what this book is all about. But take me a little deeper into some of the concepts of what we unpack inside the book. Yeah. So the way I kind of got to this is over the last 10 years of literally traveling the world, talking with managers and employees alike, I found this huge disconnect between what employees were looking for in their career, what careers really meant to them. And when we talk to employees, I mean, they talk about wanting to make a contribution and make a difference and activate their skills and develop a network and a family, you know, and use their talents and have meaning. I mean, they talk in these big, beautiful terms. And yet managers continue to be concerned, worried about having these career conversations, because what they were thinking is everybody wanted a promotion. And so it's this rub that really continued to rub me the wrong way and agitate my mind, get me thinking about, you know, how can we reconcile this? Because there's clearly a disconnect. And so that was the genesis of the centerpiece of the new book, which I refer to as multidimensional career framework. What I realized was we've been defining careers and career development in such a narrow way as that climb up the corporate ladder, that next position, the role, you know, the move. When actually what people are looking for is a whole lot more. 
So what I was able to, from the field research, discern is there are seven other ways that people are interested in growing beyond, between, besides those promotions. And so we've got a more full body sort of definition of career development and seven alternative avenues that employees and managers can pursue to create the growth that folks are looking for. Well, you know, there's something, if you don't mind, I want to just get your thoughts on <laughs> so, so Vic Versero, personal timeout. Let me ask you about this. When you talk about promotion, my experience, Julie, is that a lot of times in the companies I've worked for, the promotion meant that we take a really good employee at doing whatever it is. Could be assembling widgets. But the point is, is that they were so good, showed up on time, great attitude, and a good producer. And then we would put them into a promotion situation where they would manage people. And so if they wanted to make more money, they kind of had to go that management track of managing people. But the problem is that maybe they were just a good widget maker and really lousy at managing people. And so that's my observation. Can you react to that for me and give your thoughts? Yeah, I can't agree more with you. Too frequently, we have in organizations these unnatural incentives for people to move out of the work that they love doing into work that they may not get as much joy out of to be able to realize the perks, the recognition, the pay, all of those sorts of things. And so one of the things that I'm noticing right now, I don't know if you're noticing it as well, is human resources departments everywhere are working overtime to really look at that, to see how they can pull the compensation piece out of the career piece, how they can begin decoupling that, and having the creative solutions around pay for performance and pay for competencies and use of short and long-term sorts of incentives. I think that's really the next frontier. But as long as we continue to pack those goodies into those roles, we're going to have people who don't necessarily want to do that and aren't necessarily going to be great at that, pursuing it. Well, Julie, I've spent a lot of time in sales. And one of the things we always just talk about our sales contract was actually a letter of instruction to our salespeople in terms of we would pay them and honor them the most with what we valued the most. And so I think about people that are caught inside the corporate climate where they're paid more for supervising people, but not necessarily paid more for being outstanding customer service. You get a good review and a nice little raise, but what you just talked about, I think it might speak to the challenge of what some companies need to be thinking about is how do you pay for what you value and how do you get those traceable, measurable elements? So, man, I just love where you're going with that, Julie. And you don't see a lot of that, do you? Where folks are being paid for what's important. Yeah, where there's these more complicated pay scales for people doing everyday jobs they tend to always pay more for the management side. Yeah, that has been the way it has been. The organizations I'm working with right now are deeply committed to breaking that mold and to finding creative ways of offering compensation that drives what's important for the individual and for the organization. And you're absolutely right, Vic. I mean, in the past, the only way to get more money was to move up the corporate ladder. And the only way people thought they could grow was to do that. And so the opportunity that we have right now is, in addition to rethinking comp schema, is to help people understand that growth is possible in the here and now. 
that we can develop within the envelope of the role that we're currently in. And that's what the multidimensional career framework really does. It offers opportunity for growth through contribution, through enhanced competence, connection, building confidence, contentment, choice, and challenge in a way that allows us to use the current role as a really powerful classroom, an opportunity for growth and development without having to take that climb you know, move or a move even laterally. You bet. Wow, Julie, that's some really interesting stuff. I am so glad you're here with us. So glad you tuned in to the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. This is the Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network, and we found Julie Winkle Giuliani, and I can tell you I have a page full of notes, a book that I'm really enjoying rifling through and wrecking the pages, Julie, as they say, because I'm making (laughs) notes and everything else. But what a great workbook the book is. But, you know, it wasn't just born from your experiences. You did your homework on this, and uh, some of us like me nod off during research, but I got a feeling that you kind of dug in deep when it came time to research for this book. I did, and thank you for mentioning that, Vic. Yeah, so the framework itself was based upon my field research of 10 years. So I knew that these other dimensions were valuable to people because they came from real people. What I wasn't really sure, though, at the end of the day, if people had to start like really ranking something like confidence or contribution or contentment against climbing the corporate ladder, what was really going to be most interesting to them. So I felt compelled to do some research on that. We did a study of 800 folks worldwide, and the results were literally (laughs) mind-blowing. I had to look at these results multiple times to make sure I was really reading them correctly because what we found was these other seven dimensions, contribution, competence, connection, and the like, All of them, in aggregate, were more interesting to people than the climb up the corporate ladder. Ooh, really? Climb in aggregate. Yeah, it was dead last. (laughs) And so it totally debunked all of the concern that managers have had about, you know, I don't want to have a conversation with people because all they're interested in is that next promotion and I can't give it to them. Suddenly, this creates this wide open playing field of conversation and presents some really hopeful, you know, helpful information for managers who have in the past been a little concerned because these other seven dimensions are completely within the control of managers and employees to be able to act upon and make real. 
That was mind-blowing. Yeah, I think that's just fascinating. And I think, you know, as you get into this, some of the whole conversations, what causes us problems with almost every human interaction is, are we listening? Are we having conversations and talking about things that are relevant? And I think about these supervisors and employees that are on different pages of what they value and what the uh, supervisor thinks is important could be completely different. And I think your research shows that. Yeah, absolutely does. And it gives language to employees for what was floating around in their heads, but hadn't necessarily made the connection to language. So with this framework, an employee is able to bring voice to, I want to grow through greater contribution, or I need some more challenges. And that's how I'm going to stretch myself, whatever it might be. They've got the language and a framework for now being able to point to here's a way I'm really interested in growing. Yeah. Well, and that's really as exciting when you can get that pinpointed and you get on the same page. And of course, in this whole process, part of what I think your book does is give some tangible recipes. It's not just a research book talking about finding. It's also some what I would call a book well-researched with traction tools to give you progress in the direction you want to go. Is that fair? Traction tools. (laughs) You need to trademark that bit. That's great. Yes. And that's the highest praise I can imagine. So thank you very much. My goal was to create something that was a workbook. You use that expression with recipes. So as you've seen, there are chapters for each of the dimensions that give just a page or so of context and then dig right into. So as a manager, as a leader, How can you do this and make this happen with your folks? So thank you for that. Well, it's good. And when you think about some of the tools that you discovered, are there some that were exciting for you to say, oh, this is really good? And conversations you had with people that said, yep, that worked. Anything come to mind? Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to think because so many of the tools are things that I have developed and kind of honed over the years. I think I take a little bit of it for granted, to be honest with you. You know, I think one of the things that surprised me the most is the contribution, which is just a template with a series of questions. But it's framework for having a really meaningful conversation. When somebody says, you know, I have this yearning to contribute more and I want to use that for the purposes of growth, it's a way to unpack this amorphous sort of thing around contribution and make it more concrete, help the employee really articulate what contribution looks like, feels like, what's in it for them, what they want to learn and how they want to grow as a result of it so that the employee and manager together have a really clear picture of success that then they can begin deploying actions against realizing Well, I love the notion of contribution. I see it oftentimes when I'm coaching younger employees when they're thinking about no one seems to be paying attention to this or that. But I watch them skip out the door two minutes early or show up a couple minutes late every day. I watch them doing just what's asked, not looking for any volunteer efforts and even shooting down people that do volunteer for extra duties. And so when I think about contribution, If tough times come, and heaven knows how our headlines are today, but if tough times come economically, the people that survive those moments are the ones that bring the most value and make that contribution. 
And I think that's pretty powerful. And you're making a contribution today, Julie, to all of us. I can't thank you enough on behalf of the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Vercero. We'll be right back. The Michigan Works Association believes the key to advancing prosperity across the state is accomplished through building a skilled workforce. As the state's primary workforce development association, their focus is to continue to move the needle on policy, education, and collaboration. They're creating an opportunity and building stronger communities by advocating and innovating together. found the Leadership Lowdown, and we found Julie Winkle Giuliani, and she is all the way from beautiful, sunny California, an author and consultant and a speaker and all-around great person that we've asked to join on the show to talk about her wonderful book, which is called Promotions Are So Yesterday. So we're glad to have Julie with us. And you know, Julie, as I look down through this, man, we only get this short little time together, and it's not enough to go through a book that's as rich in content as this one is. But I look down through the way you set this up and you talk in many of the chapters with a word that starts with C and it's in the first one's contribution, competence, connection, confidence, challenge, commit, contentment, and choice. And all of those are just heavy duty words when it comes to a career, which I think is really great. But the one I thought maybe because we don't have time for all of these, but I thought we could hone in on is the whole confidence concept. I just think of people that feel stuck in their careers and they're looking for that promotion. They're trying to do all the right things, but they just feel as though the world's passing them by. Tell me about your thoughts on confidence and why that made it to one of your chapters. Well, I want to answer that, but I just have to go back to the table of contents comment that you made you know, the heavy-duty words there, these are also heavy-duty strategies for growth because Mm. each of those things opens the door for powerful development when it's undertaken intentionally on the part of the employee and the manager. And confidence, you zoomed in on, I think, probably my favorite and probably the one that I've needed to focus on the most. And it acknowledges that, you know, There are times in all of our careers when we don't need to be learning anything new, making more contributions, taking on new challenges, growing our network. What we need to do is double down on really building that sense of trust and assuredness in our ability to predictably show up and deliver. And, you know, the research would suggest 70% of us will experience the imposter syndrome at some point over the course of our lives. And I know I've done it more than once. It seems like every time I come up with a new book, counterintuitively, you know, I should feel more confident when a book comes out. Yeah. My confidence tanks. Oh, no. Yeah. And I have to then really focus in on, all right, you know, am I messaging clearly? Is this new audience, you know, resonating with what I have to say? Do I have the right tools in place? So I have to really go down deep and work hard at building that emotional connection with my capacity and feeling that sense of confidence so that I can show up and enjoy the work. And so we don't normally think about that in terms of career development, but when we don't have the confidence, boy, you know, our careers can really be in jeopardy. To me, it's a little bit like a junkyard dog. People can sense when you're not confident. And I think that that 
causes maybe a little bit of a challenge for, can you lead people? If you're not confident, can you do this? And I think that's a challenge for people. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So one of the things that in this whole area of confidence, I love there's different things that you meant. You got confidence whisperer, truth teller, practice partner, and cheerleader. Can you give me your thoughts on that? Yeah. So in thinking about how a leader can support someone as they grow with and through their confidence, it does strike me there are four roles to play. One, the confidence whisperer is, I mean, that's, you know, where we're going to boost things up in folks' minds by allowing for the reflection, really planting those important questions and helping people come to grips with their own relationship with their skills and their abilities. The truth teller, everybody, when their confidence is at a low, they need somebody who's going to just give them the straight skinny, not going to sugarcoat it, really tell them because we need to know, you know, am I doing okay or aren't I? You know, we don't have a lot of clarity sometimes. Practice partner is a role that we can play as managers to help people get over the hump. Sometimes we just need to talk it through. We need to role play a little bit. We need to feel our way into being able to be confident. And then finally, the cheerleader. There are times that we just need somebody who, you know, like, go, Vic, you got this. Yeah. Great. <laughs> and that's what we need to be able to feel that sense of confidence to step out and perform with that level of trust in our abilities. Well, Julie, these are gems. And I have to tell you that I think the real magic in them is knowing when to deploy them. So you don't want a cheerleader when the world's fallen in and the resources aren't right and you got people that are failing around you. At some point in time, you want somebody to pull alongside you and help you lift on the heavy load. And that I think is really interesting to me because you use something that I've never heard or seen before, which I think is brilliant, is radical candor, meaning that it's the unvarnished truth and it's just plain old honest feedback. So tell me about, I think we used to call it crucial conversations. Tell me your thoughts on telling people the way it has to be told. Yeah, and let me just be clear. I don't think I coined the expression radical candor. I'm sure that's out there. But the idea is so important, especially when it comes to helping people develop through confidence, is folks need to know the truth. They need to know they can count on you to tell the truth, that you're not going to dance around and blow sunshine their way. And in my opinion, it really boils down to, we were talking before the break, how you do it, but also the spirit and the intention with which you do it. I think you can even, you know, kind of blow the words if people know that your intention is pure, that you're there to be helpful. And so by being able to, you know, really help people look in the mirror and get a clear reflection of how they're doing, that is the basis for either building trust or building the skills required to be able to trust your abilities. Well, and seldom do I ever find books that are just such a clear pathway to help people in their career development and understand some of the challenges around. I'm so glad, Julie, you're here to share it with us today. So glad you tuned into the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. We'll be right back. Sonair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sonair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sonair.com. 
We've got one short segment left with the amazing Julie Winkle Giuliani, and I am so grateful she took time from Southern sunny California to be with us here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown, and with us today, we've been talking about the author of the book, Promotions Are So Yesterday. And so, you know, Julie, we've got one thin segment left. I just wonder, as I think about towards the back of the book, it talks about what could make you more content. And, you know, I look at people that are rich and they're miserable. I look at people that are running companies that they started and they're miserable. I just think about all of these different things that cause us to be frustrated and tired out and worn out. And it just feels like your discussion in this book is a great recipe to help people get to where they want to be and feel good about it once they get there. Oh, thank you, Vic. Yeah, and really, is there any higher purpose that we can all aspire to than helping us all be more content in life and work is a big piece of that? You know, contentment is the dimension that gets the most raised eyebrows because I think a lot of us kind of conflate contentment with maybe complacency or something like that. (laughs) But contentment is really key. And it's interesting, when we did our original research early on in the pandemic, contentment was number six out of the eight in terms of interest. Now, current research has it elevated to number three. Wow. So this is a dimension of increasing interest to the workforce. Not surprisingly, with all of the talk of, you know, mental health and burnout and the struggles that folks are engaging in, but helping folks identify what's going to add to that contentment level is key. And managers who do that are going to cultivate loyalty and trust and a great environment. But when we do that, there are also opportunities for growth. And so we can use that elevated contentment as a way to make sure that folks are developing and adding to their bag of tricks and skills as well. Yeah. Well, and I think it leads us all the way back to what we talked about earlier is that are we having conversations with employees? Are we just walking past their cubicle or seeing them on a Zoom call? And how are we inputting into them? How are we growing them? How are we helping them along the way? And I think what you've shared today is just this amazing ability that this book can talk about the entire career and some of the great milestones that happen along the way and left our own devices we make some pretty lousy decisions, at least I know I have. And so with that in mind, it's nice to have somebody like you that's done the research, done the effort, has the world experience, and to be able to step back and say, hey, these are the things that are working, and this is what's going on. So Julie, you've just given us a whole lot to think about today, but I know that there's people in our audience that are going, wow, Julie's somebody I need to talk to. So tell me, you do consulting, and you do some public speaking on the road and such. Tell me about some of that and what that looks like for you. Yeah, I'm blessed to get to talk about this important topic all the time. And I do a lot of writing, continued research. I consult with organizations and speak to organizations and associations and also do a lot of training in this space because managers are so hungry for the skills to be able to do this well. Managers know this is central to their role and central to their effectiveness. And so it's fun to get to do lots of training with folks. And then, of course, we've got the books that are a great resource that help to elevate skills as well. Well, tell us, how do we get a hold of you? What's the best way to do that for anybody that's listening in? 
my online home is juliewinklejulioni.com. And I'm sure you'll put that in the show notes because like your name, it's got a lot of vowels in there. (laughs) (laughs) And so there's lots of information and links to my blog and the articles that I've written on this topic as well. And there's a link to a free self-assessment. We have a digital self-assessment that allows folks to identify which of these dimensions is most interesting to them and how can they begin to move that forward and enjoy the growth that they're looking for. Well, you know, Julie, it's just remarkable to me. I just don't find tools like this very often. I mean, there's lots of books that are made, are done, but I don't often see one that's so well-researched and so well-laid out and, frankly, user-friendly, which I think is pretty cool for those of us that are not great students but love to have great pointers along the way. So tell me, how do I get a hold of the book? Thank you, Vic. It's available at all of your favorite bookstores, both online and in real life. And in real life. I love it. Yeah, back the old-fashioned way, like old guys like me appreciate. So. Well, I tell you what, I'm just kind of blown away, and I just can't thank you enough for your time. You have been a real treasure. I'm going to have to send Karen Hurt a little thank you note for putting us together and for getting us lined up here. Julie, thank you so much for not only your time today, but for what you're doing for people that are seeking some answers in their career. You truly are offering some great direction. Thank you so much, Beck. Well, all the best. And, you know, not that, you know, you're looking for any house guests, but I'd love to come out and see you and your husband in sunny California. Come <laughs> especially, on, your room is ready. <laughs> well, especially in a couple of months up here in Chile, Michigan. So, again, thank you so much. We're so grateful for you. And we're grateful you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Versario. I can't wait to talk to you next time. Yeah.